It's nothing but facts, the live podcast coming out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Our producer, Elliot Dogan, has been so gracious enough to let us star here tonight. And we have as a special guest today, Mr. Lloyd Ruffin, the owner of Downtown Daiquiri's Ruffin's 2 and the showroom. And um, he has graciously taken his time out to be with us and share some insight on black business ownership. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to let Mr. Ruffin come and introduce himself, let us know where he's from and and what inspired him to open up one of the only black-owned clubs. If, is it the only black-owned uh, establishment downtown. in downtown? Yes. The only black-owned establishment in downtown. That's Ruffin's Daiquiri. <laughs> Shout out to Ruffin's Daiquiri. Uh, uh, before you do that, Mr. Ruffin, um, a lot of people don't know this, but Mr. Ruffin was um, sort of like the Barry Gordy of his time when it came to uh, Last Rip Brass Band. Uh, we were a, 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 a pot hidden band that just put you know some horns together and Mr. Ruffin seen a vision in us and he allowed us to come into his club and that's where we got our start and uh, we, we want to say thank you for that Mr. Ruffin for you know really seeing a vision that we couldn't see seeing something in us and giving us the opportunity to launch that black owned business uh, but I'm not going to interrupt you anymore go ahead Mr. Ruffin let the people know who you are uh, again like you said my name is Lloyd Ruffin so uh I'm from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans, stand up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beautiful city, beautiful city. Uh, I moved here to Baton Rouge, I guess, or well, to Zachary, actually, uh, when I was about 42 years old. Okay. I'm 52 now. Uh, I made the move from New Orleans to Zachary. I stumbled across Zachary by mistake uh, in my, with my career that I was doing at the time, and that's how it basically ended up in the Baton Rouge uh, area. So before you moved to Baton Rouge, did you know anything about the area? Nothing. I, uh, before I moved to Bat before I moved to this area, I knew nothing about Baton Rouge. I didn't know where Southern was. Wow. I didn't know where LSU was. I had never seen the campuses. Uh, and then when I became a surgical sales rep, and that covered the whole state of Louisiana and Mississippi, uh, I had to drive to hospitals. So I knew where all the hospitals, hospitals were in the... Baton Rouge. Okay. But that's all I knew. I would go to the hospitals. I would work in surgery all day, and then I would go get me a hotel room sometimes. I will drive back to New Orleans because it's only an hour away, so I very seldom stayed overnight in Baton Rouge. But I never went to – I never knew where Southern Campus was or, uh, or LSU, for that matter. Wow. Uh, so now, even with that said, even today after being here for 10 years, uh, I hop on I-10 and 110 only. I don't know. The, I, I don't know the neighborhoods. I don't know the, the high that, schools. Man. I don't know anything because uh, here I have no, uh, basically, no family and friends here. Right. I'm the only one that's here. Everyone else is in New Orleans. It's just me and the kids. Uh, is here in the, in the Zachary area. Uh, I will say over the years, the years I've been here, especially since I opened downtown Zachary, uh, I have developed some some valuable friendships. Uh, more powerful uh, than the ones I have in New Orleans. Oh, wow. Uh, but f before, as when I moved here and, and been here, I've I never been to any one house uh, <laughs> that matter and stuff like that. Just, you know, it, everything was new. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm here now. I'm, I'm happy. I, I, love the, I love Zachary. It's a, it's a nice place to live. And uh, I can't see myself moving back to New Orleans. So wow. it looks like I'll be here. Nice. Nice, man. So um, you, you're really an inspiration to a lot of people, Mr. Ruffin. Um it takes um, some testicle fortitude to move into uh, downtown Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's not the most uh, kind place uh, to start businesses for a black 
uh, establishments. Um, even when black people were patronizing different businesses, such as um, what's the name of that um, that club in uh, Baton Rouge, Mike, on Third um, Street that everybody goes to that little club that everybody was going to before black folks stopped going. It's upstairs. The, uh, the office, um, and there's another club. But a lot of people didn't really um, go down to downtown and, and patronize it. What made you want to go into business in, in, in downtown Baton Rouge? Uh, it was actually a mistake, uh, like wow. most of the most of the things I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, what happened? I was at. Uh, I knew I wanted to open a daiquiri shop, and I was going to open it in Zachary. And uh, I kept asking. I went to the barber, and he kept asking. You know, you should look downtown. Downtown is going to grow really big it's going to be really nice all kind of buildings coming up so of course they say downtown's going to be popping everybody's trying to get down there and by me being kind of naive i thought downtown baton rouge is going to turn into a downtown new orleans over a period of years yeah and uh, i have learned that that is nowhere near the case correct nowhere near the case and i don't foresee it happening in my lifetime wow because of the political uh powers that be yeah and the people that work behind the uh that uh basically the people that work in the shadows right was what i like to say they'll never let that happen uh so i realized that downtown baton rouge will never truly de- be developed the way it should be because certain people don't don't want it that way wow. uh they want they want to cherry pick the businesses on what's going to be down there they only want what they want to be down there and what they want to enjoy. Wow. And if it's not something that, that fits their criteria or their vision, they're going to block anything else. But what they what they don't realize is that they're stifling their own growth. Correct. Uh, uh, by letting everything and anything come down there, the place can explode. Right. You just need the, the, the police enforcement. Right. Uh, uh, I guess what I'm saying, the, the uh, infrastructure to Correct. deal with crowds. Right. And your tax dollars will go through the roof, and people will come downtown and revitalize downtown. Right. And it could be an extremely great place. It could be done if you know how to balance it. Right. Uh, New Orleans has figured that out. Right. But what I have learned from traveling all over Louisiana is that there's a true dislike for New Orleans. And if you go to Shreveport and Monroe, there's a true dislike for New Orleans and Baton Rouge and anything below them. Right. They really think they are part of Texas. Yeah. And they believe that they are always all Dallas up there in Shreveport. Oh, absolutely. And I never forget when I mentioned as a sales guy that I was from New Orleans to look on their face. I learned immediately that they they do they don't think they are part of Louisiana at all. Wow. Uh, people are tribal by nature. Correct. And they all think they're better than the next person. No one is humble anymore. Uh, and that's kind of what we live in right now. So with that said, I have learned basically to keep most of my thoughts to myself <laughs> <laughs> and, and and basically, you know, give people what they want in their area only and not expand beyond that. Uh, but uh, for stumbling back to stumbling back into uh, downtown, uh, I had no plans on coming downtown, but what happened was a guy, a friend of mine, not a friend, an acquaintance, a guy used to sell me candy, uh, the little uh, chocolate-covered almonds. Yeah. He was searched. He always had, he always was on uh, 
what's the name of that site that you go meet people if you want to sell you for Craigslist. Craigslist. He was on Craigslist and he saw someone. Shout out to the Craigslist <laughs> pimps out there. <laughs> Shout out to the Craigslist pimps. <laughs> you don't even hear about Craigslist too much. You don't, anymore. man. You don't. But he saw that somebody was selling a nightclub. And he said, Lloyd, uh, there's this guy. He's selling, it's a Mexican guy. He's selling this nightclub downtown called Coco Bongo. He said, let's go take a look at it. I got us an appointment. I said, I'm not opening up no nightclub. I don't know anything about nightclubs. I have no interest in nightclubs. Uh, some of you heard this story before, but so anyway, we went to the appointment, and I walked in downtown. He had, he had all the lights, everything going for me when I walked in. I was shaking my head and said, wow, this is nice. This is nice. All the while I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to open up a nightclub. <laughs> it's never going to happen. But go ahead. Give me your space. He said, yes, this is all my stuff. You can have everything. Take everything. I don't want anything. I don't want the alcohol, nothing. You right. Keep everything. One price, $90,000. And I said, okay, well, I have 90000 in cash. I said, okay. I said, well, I'm going to call you. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to get it. I'm gonna, I'm, I think I'm going to get it. I'm going to call you. I walked out there. I said, no way in the world I'm going to ever open up a nightclub. You have to understand that I, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't party. Right. Uh, I have not been in a nightclub for over uh, tw- 20 years. I have wow. not been in a nightclub for over 20 years, maybe even longer. When I opened downtown, I, I had I have not been in a nightclub. So, basically, I walked out. I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna call you." You know how you, when you tell people, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna." He said, "Okay, I'm ready whenever you are." So uh, anyway, I kept looking in Zachary and kept looking around, looking around, trying to figure out where I can open. As I'm watching Craigslist, the price went from ninety to sixty mm. in about a month, and I'm looking around, looking around. The price went from sixty to forty-five, and the guy said, come on, let's go look at it again. I said, so I went over there and looked at it again. I said, uh, no, I just, I can't, I can't do a nightclub. I can't. I did. So I left. I'm still looking around for the finest spot. And it went from 45 to 35. Went to 35 to 30. It's over, over wow. three and a half month period. And he, when he, he went to 30,000, I called him. I said, look, I'll take it. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with a nightclub, but there's no daiquiri shop downtown, so I'm opening up a daiquiri shop downtown. I did not have the understanding that this is not downtown New Orleans, right. where people are walking up and down the street all times of night, time going to places, doing. I'm thinking, I, in my surgical sales job, I traveled all over the country, uh, going to seminars and uh, uh, what these things called, uh, all kind of conventions and medical surgical conventions, training and all that. In every city I went to, when I went downtown, downtown was just bustling with the people, everywhere. Just walking all times of night, going to fancy restaurants. I did not understand that Baton Rouge is a central business district. Right. It's only businesses and state houses and courthouses. There's no. There's no nightlife. It's nothing like that. Yeah, everybody going to one or two little hot spots. Right. But it's not people walking up all and up and down and going to sit at bars after work and having drinks and talking to the, the bartenders. None of that. Right. Once 4.30 hit, that's it. It's a ghost town. Lock the doors. Everything is empty. Sooner than that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't understand that. We had to New Orleans to party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, of course, I didn't understand. So I said, okay, I'll take it. He said, I'm so sorry you're late. He said, two guys put together. They're going to bring me to 30000 on Friday. This was a Wednesday. I hung up the phone with him, and the first thing I said was, thank you, God, because you know I should not be messing in the nightclub. I don't party. 
I don't know gin from tequila from vodka. <laughs> I don't know anything. I said I would have been dabbling in something I have no knowledge of. None. So for the people out there, not to interrupt you, Mr. Brother, but so for the people out there who don't know uh, a little bit about your family history, um, your brother is Kermit Ruffin, Kermit Ruffin famous Jeff. trumpet player from New Orleans. Correct. Um, how does that happen? Like, your brother's Kermit Ruffin, and you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't party. How does that? Because me and Kermit are polar opposites. Wow. Okay. We are polar opposites. He's everything I'm not. <laughs> Vice versa. Uh, we both were in, in a band. My, my parents came home with trump, two trumpets and said, here, you guys stay out of trouble, and gave both of us a, a trumpet. Uh, Kermit was a genius on his horn, yeah. and I was average at best. <laughs> uh, so when we got time to play, this was in junior high, I guess seven or eight grade. Uh, Kermit was sitting in the first chair with the trumpets. I was sitting fourth to last chair. Now keep in mind, this thirty something, thirty-two trumpet players. <laughs> I was fourth to last. <laughs> Kermit was first. Wow. And Sound I, like you, me and you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget. Uh, we were playing some one of the some, the band was playing one of the songs. Kermit got mad and, and told all of us. Y'all just stop playing on him. Don't even play. And we just all was sitting there. Later, uh, when I moved up and I got to the ninth grade, I ended up becoming drum major. Wow. And uh, so then I used to kind of tell him what to do. <laughs> and then, the, then we went from there and we went to high school. And it was the same thing. I became drum major again in high school. And he, of course, he, uh, he, uh, he moved on to bigger things. For the southern people in the back, <laughs> where did you get a scholarship to? The Gramlin State University. You better say it, man. Yeah. <laughs> World fame. So, so, of course, I wasn't uh, I wasn't sharp in school at all. I got kept back in high school one year. Uh, I had no interest in going to college at all, none. So I said, well, I got to do something. I said, I'm not really good in school. I said, okay, well, I'll join the Army Reserve. I'll go do that until I figure out. Time I come back from basic and AIT, I'll figure out what is going on in my life and I'll do something. Meantime, when we were in high school, every every day after band practice, Kermit and all the guys went to the French Quarter, put the hat down, and they played for money because I wasn't really good at improvising. I played the tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make do how you can, man. <laughs> but actually, I stopped going to the French Quarter. of the people throwing pennies and quarters to me. It made my soul cringe. Yeah. It didn't bother them at all. I saw something in their eyes. And most of these was, was tourists, and, you know, of course they were Caucasian. Right. And when I looked, I said, I, I can't do this. So I stopped going. So senior year, I joined the Army Reserve. And that's how I ended up going a whole different route than music. That was oh, wow. the last time I played. Uh, I did. I had no clue, man. Yeah. I had no clue. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's that's good stuff, man. So uh, so back to how I ended up downtown was. Yeah. I called him and he said, "Well, some guys put their money together. They're going to get it." Sorry, Mr. Ruffins. I humped the phone. I said, "Thank you, God, because I know I shouldn't be in this industry. I don't know anything about it, and I shouldn't be messing with it anyhow." So that that worked out great. So Friday came. My phone rung. The guy called and said, "The guys broke the deal." 
Mr. Ruffins is yours for $25,000. Wow. I wrote a check for 25000 walked in the building, scratched my head, and said, what the hell I, I, I just did. Wow. And that's how I got into the business. Unbelievable. I got the Dacker machines. They were 45000 I wrote a check for those. They came and installed those, and I was up and running. Wow. And then I just said, I have to figure this thing out. So now, I made a lot of mistakes uh, because, uh, of course, not being in the industry and not being from Baton Rouge. Right. You know, it's just, that's all mistakes. Right. So I literally had on-the-job training. So you had basically, you just, you kind of just fell into I it. I fell into and it. And you learned as you as you went. Absolutely. Um, Trial and error. But you're expanding, though. Yes. So, like, how does that work? How does how does one get into the business for our future entrepreneurs who are watching, um, in particular, not just in Port Allen, West Baton Rouge Parish, but... Um, those who listen abroad, how does one, you know, kind of stumble into the business, you know, become successful and expand at the same time? You know, those are kind of three unique different things. Yeah. Can you give some advice to those who are who are getting in? Yeah, well, I I, um, I consider myself a kind of quiet, humble type of guy. Uh, I like comic books. I like sci-fi music, sci-fi mo- movies. And for a hobby, I actually bake. I like to bake cakes. Okay. Because I like to eat them, really. Yeah. <laughs> so I pick up that hobby. So that's that's kind of what I am. Yeah. Uh, whenever I'm not at work, I'm literally, literally a couch potato at home, just flipping through stations, sitting by myself quietly. I don't really go anywhere much. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say I need to get out and, and I could, my business could do much better if I get out and become a social butterfly. Yeah. But I have never been that. Right. I only could be what I, what I am. Absolutely. Anything other than that, I'm pretending. Right. Uh, so, but but I, where, I, where I'm extremely aggressive at is with business. Yeah. I'm um, extremely aggressive with business. I don't mind risking it all. And I don't mind losing it all. That's that's one of the most important things. This probably, probably should have said this at this should have been the last thing I said is you can be successful so long you're not afraid. You got to be okay with losing it all. Facts. You got to be okay with losing. I'm okay with losing it all. Those are I, facts. I could get it all back again. But I'm okay with losing it all. Once you become okay with losing it all, everything else is not going to be a problem. Facts. But if, you, if you're frightened to lose, you're going to be hindered. You're going to be fighting with one arm tied behind your back. Facts. Uh, uh, but the problem I think most people have, the reason why they can't start the business uh, 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 is because they don't have the capital. Yeah. They don't have the money. Right. That's the number one reason. If people had money, they would start businesses like crazy. Absolutely. And they cannot figure out how to get the money. I know anyone who listened to me probably say, wait, he wrote a check for 25000 a check for forty two or 45000 for the machines. Right. Where did that money come from? Most banks are not going to give black people businesses loans. That's that's correct. That's correct. Keep this in mind. This is very weird. Somebody brought it to my attention. I'm going to pass it along. Isn't it amazing that a bank would give you $60,000 loan for a Jaguar? But if you ask for $5,000 loan for a business, they won't get it it to you? That's deep. Because they want to keep you as a consumer. Man. They want to keep you in debt. They don't want you to get any higher. Those they don't want facts. you lending out money to people and helping people. They want to make you a slave to the money. Right. So if you get cars and houses and stuff like that. Depreciating now, assets, right? Now, now we, people love houses because they say, well, that's investment, long-time investment. But I don't feel that way about houses. I have a whole different view on houses, but I, that's another story. But anyway, they'll give you a loan. 
to go buy a Jaguar, anything you want right. that's costly. But you go in there and try to get a $5,000 business loan and say, I have an idea. They were, they're going to make you jump through so many hoops. Mm. I promise you, you're going to be denied. Absolutely. So back to why black people don't start business is capital. Uh, so how did I get my capital? I w- as, if, if some of you guys listen, and my, the closest people, that, people that's closest to me, they know this story. I was a surgical sales rep. A surgical sales rep is a person that sells operating room equipment and supplies. You go to a hospital. Let's take an IV pole or a stretcher. You sell, you sell 50 of them for $8,000. You get commission 10 20 30%. I was working for about eight different companies doing that. So every time I sold something, when I sold a spine table, I would get $15,000 commission. So at my peak, I was making 22000 a month. I did that job for 15 years. Now, I'm saying at my peak. Most of the time, when I wasn't at my peak, I was operating at about eight to $10,000 a month. Wow. When I was at my peak, and I was at my peak for about two or three years straight, I was doing about 22000 Sometimes my check would be 30000 Sometimes it would be fifteen, But averaging about 22000 Of course, I accumulated money, right. moved to Zachary, built a 5,000-square-foot home in Copper Mill. Wow. And I lost it all. That's another story as it is. It also... Uh, so, but anyway, so that's how I gained my money, and that's how I end up uh, uh, getting involved in downtown. But let's back up. Okay. Let's say you don't, you're not a surgical sales rep. Right. Everybody know about pharmaceutical sales reps. Everybody say, oh, "I want to be a pharmaceutical sales." They make about sixty to a hundred thousand. Surgical sales rep makes between two hundred and five hundred to seven hundred thousand a year. Wow. I was the one. I'm of, in the wrong business. I was one. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the lowest paid surgical sales rep, and I was the only black surgical sales rep in Louisiana, Mississippi. What? Yeah. So um, you mean to tell me there's really no, at the, at the time, there were no really black surgical sales reps in the business when in, I, in, when in, I, in Louisiana? When, yeah, that's correct. Jesus. When I went to nas- my national sales meeting, when all the sales reps came from all over the, the country, I was the only one sitting at the, at the conventions and everything. Jeez, man. As the years went on, I would see a sprinkle here and there, one or two. Now I think there might be about five or six in Louisiana, maybe. And I'm exaggerating a little, probably. So a lot of blacks don't know about that industry. How did I get into that industry? I was right. a surgical tech in the Army. And then I worked at ah. then I worked in surgery at, at Charity Hospital New Orleans, which is LSU New Orleans. Right. And then I was a surgical tech. I was working in the operating room for 10 years. I became the buyer for the operating room later. I moved from being a surgical tech, handing the doctor the instruments. When the doctor says scalpel, I put the scalpel in his hand and, and yeah. so on. Well, I moved from there to working in the office, being the buyer for all of charity hospitals, all 45 operating rooms. I was the buyer. And all the sales reps came in my office and tried to sell me equipment and supplies. I found out what they did. I'm going to make the long story short. I went to UNO. Remember, I'm not college material i got i got kept back in high school right i ended up getting my degree i was going to be a teacher I graduated in english but i fell into being a surgical sales rep when i found out how much money they make did that for 15 years moved to zachary uh hope y'all listening i to, hope y'all listening <laughs> and then open up downtown because the reason why i opened up downtown because as the years started passing they fired every single sales rep in the country except for me and i knew my days were numbered i got scared because i knew i was making a high salary and I knew it wasn't going to last. What else could I do because I have nothing else? So I said, I'm going to look to something else. So I looked at Coconut Willis and Zachary and said, I could do a daiquiri shop. That'll supplement my income. If they ever fire me, I have something 
make a long story short, I end up downtown. That's how I get 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 into that business. But back to how you get the money. Yeah. Because that's what everyone want to know. Yeah. How did you get the money? Yeah. How how do you get the money if you're not a surgical sales rep? That's right. This is what I figured out. And I don't know if this will work or not, but I contemplated this a few times. A lot of you guys take out loans for school and college. Correct. When you guys get that money, you live off it for three to four months. You buy a car. You buy something significant. Yeah. Pay off something. That's what the, you should use that money for business right. and not use it for those other right. things. So you were telling me when they get that when when they go to college, they get these large refund checks. Some get yes. three thousand. Some yes. get five thousand. Yes. Some get you know that's your ticket. That's your ticket right because there. nobody gonna give you a loan. That's correct. So let's scratch that. Right. So where else can a normal person with nothing with no Nothing to go to a bank or a friend, family to get money from. What's the only place they'll give us money for? You go get that student loan. Listen up. Instead of blowing it, accumulate it over semester. Hmm. Now, I don't know how much that comes to. It's different for everybody. But let's say you get your hand on $25,000. See, this, this, this is where the problem comes in, though, right here. That takes discipline. Big, that's the key word right well, there. Most of us don't have it. I don't even have it in spades like I should. <laughs> so now you're taking a young 20-something-year-old who want to ball out and show off mm. and look pretty. And they, primarily because they they don't they, they they come from nothing. Yes, yes. So you know, they get a we, we, I'm not saying they. I'm saying we 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 oh, come from too, nothing. Yeah, I did too. Lord so, Ward, Lord Lord Ward. so we come from nothing. So we get a little money. Oh, we go crazy. And we just splurge. Uh, it just spawned in my head. Income tax time too yes, is another yes, good yeah. time, right? Yeah, that's another good time if 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 you have kids. But a lot of students at that point may not have kids Correct. to get those big refunds, right? But if you could get five thousand dollars, I collect ten thousand dollars a year, and you could wait three years and get thirty thousand dollars in your hand, there go your business right there, right? Because think about it. Look at the money that you receive from college. That is lost and gone. You don't even know where it's at. The car right. is broken. The clothes old. The weave yeah. is gone. <laughs> Everything is gone. The, the, the fancy dinner jade from right. the tag. All that is gone. Now you're right back to square one waiting for next year. Ooh, facts. So, 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 so if you can accumulate that money, if you can hold that discipline, put it in a CD or something like that. Correct. That's the only the thing. Treasury I, I, bond. Yep, something. That's the only thing I can't help you with. I can't help you with the, the, the self-discipline. Right. I can't help you with that. But if you want to know where to get the money from, that's where you get the money from. That's the only way I can think of a normal person besides selling drugs or doing something illegal. Right. That's the only place I think illegally you could go, get the money, hold it, and then say, okay, I see a storefront. I'm going to start my business. Right. And even if you lose it all, you lost it all with the, the bad, the Correct. lemon, the car, the Correct. lemon, the, 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 the fancy clothes, right. the $800 belt. Little darlings on the, Canal Street. It's the same Not thing. Not me. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You lost it anyhow. Exactly. Well, so what's the difference? If you open up the building and the business go out, you still lost it. It's the same thing. Right. But at least you have opportunity. At least you have a Correct. chance. That's where you get the money to money to follow your dream. I can't think of myself. Maybe other people can, who are more experts than me and know more than me and educated, whatever. Maybe they could figure out how to get the money. But that's the only way I could see that a normal person could get the money. Now, if you're not in school, we would assume, let's say you're not in school, not in college. Where do you get the money from? I don't have the slides idea. The only thing I, I could possibly even think of is income tax season. But it's really no excuse because, you know, school, the, the, the money is essentially free. 
and majority of us qualify because majority of us make below a certain amount. Correct. Our parents make below Correct. a certain amount of money. Correct. So, I mean, it, it's really no excuse. The only other thing that I could possibly see is uh, both you and I are military veterans. Um, is joining the military. Yep, that's and, another option. And that's another that's option. A, oh, that, I, I, I completely forgot about that. I was in so long ago uh, that they, I remember when I joined, they gave me like an $8,000 bonus. Yeah. And then when I went to basic and AIT, everything was paid for, all of the food, all the accommodation for his housing. So my check was literally free. Yeah. If you join the reserve and do that, when you come out, you come in home with about ten to fifteen thousand. Absolutely. If you could take that, that's another way to spend the building. Uh, I mean, uh, spend, oh, the money. spend the money. Yeah. And also, what it allows you to do, you're still going to be making money from going to your your summer trainings and right. stuff your like drills that. So on the your drills on yeah. the weekend. So you'll still get be having an income. So that's a that that's great. I, I wish I would have thought of that, but that's another way you can do it. Yeah. Because you know if you're not going to use that GI bill, now they paying money every month the, with the post nine eleven. They give you a housing allowance, which it depends on your area code, could be from uh, eight hundred to sixteen hundred dollars free money, tax yeah. free too. And to, let me tell you something. That's your lease at a, at a building. Yeah. For whatever you want to do, you you made the money from going to basic and AIT. So you come home with your lump sum, open up your building, you get your checks every month from your uh, from your GI bill and stuff like that. You're paying your lease and stuff while you're building it. Your, your, your business is building. Listen up, you E1s through E4s that want to co-sign on a depreciate value, that want to spend that money. Listen up, you single E1s through E4 that got the hoochies waiting on you outside, that got the brothers that's trying to pimp you out. So I'm just trying to give y'all some advice. Don't you spend that money. On some funny, say that money for the honey later. I'm gonna coin that later. <laughs> <laughs> that, Come on with it, Mr. Ruff. That's correct, you know. Uh, but we still have to get back to the self-discipline part, because without that, right. it doesn't. The money doesn't matter. If you don't have that self-discipline, and the problem I foresee for you guys and many others too, is that when you get that money. And you haven't you been down and out and beat up and dragged through at the job and cussed out and stuff like that, and you get that money, you just want to live a little to take away some of the pain. Right. And that's how the money slips out of your hand. Yeah. Right. Right there. You gotta have that discipline, guys. I, I don't know how to tell you to get it, because everybody have a different psychological makeup. Right. Some people are stronger, some people are weaker. Uh, but I'm telling you, if you if you could have that discipline, that is a way out of this pattern. And do do you think that that's a direct link to uh, black wealth, especially here in in in, in Louisiana, um, because a lot of us are trapped in that cycle of poverty. Mm -hmm. um, and when, when I say poverty, a lot of people don't even know what poverty is. They just they think you know seventy five to a hundred thousand is. And I'm not saying that's not good money, mm -hmm. but think you know once I make you know seventy five thousand dollars a year, I'm a millionaire. Mm, I mean, man. and 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 oh, I'm gonna be quite man. honest. I had that. I had. I had Me that too. mentality. Me you too. know, oh, you making seventy five thousand a year? I you made it. I remember when I first became a sales rep. After my first year, I say I was making fifty five thousand. I say if I ever can make a hundred thousand, my life is gonna be perfect. <laughs> oh boy, my dreams are gonna come true that day. But guess what? I way surpass that. Wow. And let me tell you something. It is not what it seems. You know, I asked I ask God, uh, uh, well, let me back up. I, I used to hear the sales reps used to come in my office at Charity Hospital and tell me, uh, you know, they make 125000 and stuff like that. 
And he said, that, that's no money. I said, give it to me. If it's no money, give it to me. I'm going to show you <laughs> right. that it's nothing. Oh, it's right. something. Right. Just let me have it. Right. Then I'm going to show y'all how to work it. Right. And God so, gave it to so, me. So, 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 so with that saying, twice. it's like big and uh, small say more money, more problems, oh, right? It is true. Which kind of segue into what we're going to talk about next. What are some of the challenges that, that you faced um, ex- expanding and, and, you know, without going into, into mm-hmm. a lot of detail? But what, what, is, uh, what are some of the challenges that you face expanding, especially when you start to acquire, you know, more property, you acquire more problems, I'm sure, with it, right? Yes. The problem I, I see for myself, and I can only speak for myself, the biggest problem I have that's stopping me from expanding is – the Baton Rouge workforce. Now let me explain. Let's let's that. dig deep into that. Let me explain it. As a as a person, a, a, a poor black boy growing up in the Lower Ninth Ward in New Orleans, Go ahead, uh, Mr. I realize I used to see on the news all the time. You hear the business not coming here because they don't have the workforce. They don't have the, edu- the people that's educated. They're not this, they're not that. That's why the businesses don't come here, because they don't have the people are not educated, not whatever. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, they have tons of people that want a job. I don't understand why, what they mean when they say they don't have the workforce here in Louisiana, or the people not competent, or people not. I don't, I don't get that. They could just come here, and there's people that, that can do it. I figured it out. I only figured it out because I, I grew old and I'm 52 years old now. <laughs> but I, I figured it out what they mean by that. This is, I'm trying to see how to word this, because this is very dangerous. Nothing but facts, right? <laughs> what, but what, facts. What, I'm, what, that, the, the road I'm going down. In my business, I, I open up my fourth location. It is very, very, very difficult to find people with high integrity. Mm. Everybody is trying to hustle you. Everybody's stealing everybody's taking and everybody's destroying your business if you do it yourself you're fine you go get the alcohol you go get the food you cook the food you serve the food you do everything you're fine but once you depend on other people to do it for you they have no interest in your business at all none they have none only thing they're trying to figure out is how to get that check right. as fast as possible, as much as possible, and get out of there so they can have a nice weekend and go finish doing what they're doing. And they're waiting to get their next big job. Correct. That's all they care about. They don't care about anything else. And once you find one or two people that high integrity, everybody else want them. Yeah. And they, they don't stay long. And you are left with mostly riffraff. So basically you're just hiring transitional Yes. People. That's why they say it's like fast food. Think about this. And this is why it's so business for black businesses. Well, all businesses, really, but we're talking black business here. I own a daiquiri shop. I pay you X an hour, and you get tips. One day you come to work, and you need an extra $30. You're just not making it. You came, nobody came to the daiquiri shop on Tuesday. Only a few people. You made $13 in tips. I walk in the back to the office. I go run an errand. Somebody come buy a gallon daiquiri for $25. They 
They give you $25 cash. You give them the gallon. You put the 25 in your pocket or in the tip drawer. Imagine if you did that 15 times that night. Wow. There's your money right there. But guess what happens to the business? You literally, you literally, and you hear this sometimes, you literally, literally killing the chicken that makes the eggs. Correct. Right. Correct. But because you're so simple-minded right. and short-sighted, and you're not going to be there long anyhow, and it's right. not yours, that's my problem. Now, get 10 employees doing that. Mm. Now, take Baker, which is the restaurant. Mess up a couple of plates of food and remake them. Take a couple of uh, uh, boxes of Chicken Wayne's Home at $100 a case. Take two cases home. Now steal the daiquiris. Now take a couple of bottles home when we're not there during the day. Wow. Now multiply time multiple employees. And the owner scratching his head and said, I don't understand why I'm not making that mm -hmm. much money. Wow. And when you're dealing with a whole, and it's just generally speaking, you're dealing with a whole group of people that's like that. Right. No matter how many. Fi I fired the staff three times. The entire staff three times. Wow. So let's say, going back to your question, let's say you want to open up multiple location, locations and grow it into something big. You're going to be great the first location. Yeah. The first location, you're going to be wonderful because you're in there. You're making all the transactions, doing all the work, everything. You're going you're gonna to say, this is easy. Right. Then you open up the second one, and you put somebody at the second one. Then you open the third one, put somebody at the third one, the fourth one. And then all those workers are now selling the products that you're selling. Mm. And there's no way, and it's a cash business. How can you be at all four locations? You can't. It's weird when I travel to all these other uh, cities and states that I talked about being a surgical sales rep. And when I go into Kentucky Fried Chicken and go into all these other businesses, the employees, now I'm not saying they don't have a problem with death. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But the employees, man, they are so kind, so polite, so helpful. You know, Especially Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine Chick-fil-A here. Imagine when you go to Phoenix, Arizona, everywhere you go, it's like that. Right. Every single restaurant, every single yeah. business, they all have high integrity. Hmm. And the money all go back into the business. Except for the few riffraff, of course, who's going to, you're always going to have the one or two. But when you have 80% of the people doing that, wow! instead of 20, that's a huge difference. And when you ask about how, did, how do you expand, how do you grow, and yeah. Mr. Ruffins, how did you, you do it? Basically, you have to make three times as much to cover for those losses. So you I'm can't real. make the normal amount. And don't even get into all the unemployment tax and workman's comp right. and sales tax and state tax and federal tax and city tax and all the tax and taxes on the food, taxes on the alcohol, tax, 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 tax. And you add all that up. And now you have people walking out with X amount of dollars of the, of the, of the profit. And they're wondering how you stay open. It's real easy to make a lot of money operating under the table like a hole in a wall. It's very difficult when you come above ground and try to go into something big. I wanted to compete with New Orleans Dakers. That was my dream. I don't think that can't happen here. Wow. That can't happen here. 
when I open up future locations, I'm going to have to go to Birmingham. I have to go to Atlanta. I'm going to have to go to Houston. Yeah. I'm going to have to go to Dallas, Austin. And I need to be downtown, to real downtown, I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think I can. Uh, that can't happen in this market because there's a lot of. Uh, That's what I was going to ask you. What stifles the market here in Baton Rouge? Um, it's, 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 it's similar to the problem that we're facing in Port Allen. We have a, 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 um, an infrastructure. Um, one side has a vision to expand. The other side does not want change because yeah. it threatens their livelihood, which they don't. They're so ignorant to understand yes. that if if they, if they could capitalize on diversity like yes, New Orleans yeah. has been doing, yeah. then everybody can benefit. Yeah. So is 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 it a problem that like they want to? So uh, what, what I'm hearing is basically you're fighting a two front war. Mm-hmm. You're fighting a war of people who do not want inclusion, who do not want diversity. The more they stifle, the more money they Correct. make, or Correct. supposedly the more money they make. And then you're fighting your your, your own people. Yes. Because they're, you know, they're stabbing yes. you at yes. the same yes. time yes. too. Is that right? Yes, that's that's pretty. You hit the nail on the head. One thing about us, we don't. If I have a Mercedes, I don't want you to get a Mercedes because then it demi- diminishes my Mercedes. Right. I mean, that's that's maybe not the best analogy. Right, but I right. think you get what I'm saying. I understand. So long I could get something that you can't, then I could look better than you. And that way I could feel good about my life and myself. Once everybody got a Mercedes, then that diminishes me. Right. And that's speaking from a weak-minded person, how, how weak-minded people think. But a weak-minded person is never going to admit that that's how they are, but they do it. Yeah. They're doing it, but they're just saying that. It's, they're pointing that it's everybody else. It's that person. Right, right, right. Is what they're doing. So no one is going to admit it, but they're all doing it. They all copy each other. They all do the thing. They all undermine each other, all undercut each other, and they just bring the whole boat down together. And that's, I would say, it's uh, it's cultural. It's uh, it's It's also today's society with social media yeah <clears throat> social media is making everybody believe that everybody's doing well except for them <laughs> and then people get mad they get angry say that then, again i need an applause on that yeah. one Mike. <laughs> good god almighty yeah, <laughs> say it, it again mr Brown, one more time What's social, social? <laughs> social media makes you believe that everybody's doing great except for yourself wow and then what well, and Facts. then when that happens you become angry Go back to that employee that have that need that hundred dollars for for that electricity bill because right. they didn't manage the money they parted the weekend before. Right. And they come into work knowing that the club is going to be full, money is going to be flowing, and they only got to get a hundred. Unbelievable. They're gonna get it. Short minded and short sighted. Yes. But well, like I said, keep multiplying it by all the employees. And these are the same people you will see on social media. That are share support black businesses, yep, and you know they're so woke and Afrocentric. Yep. And like I said, sharing all kind of posts that we need to support us, buy us, yes, and then yes. they're the main ones that will get into the business yes. or be hired by the business and undermine the very businesses yes. that they're trying to support. Absolutely. It's is so d- these are real challenges that because we have a we have some a, a, a lot of black businesses that are that are up and coming in Port Allen. Mm. And I want to be clear. I don't want to discourage anyone from Correct. going into business, but I believe that uh, it's oh, imperative you that you be prepared. Well, you what, better what you be about ready. To, yeah. about, about to fight, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's why you could do really well by being in control of everything. Yeah. 
I'm in control of everything for as uh, paying bills, but I'm not in control of everything when it's time for the money to come in. The employees are in control of that. The employees are running the business. I'm paying the bills. Right. So when they decide that they want to get something out of it, they're going to get it. Wow. <laughs> I had an employee. I had an employee who, you know, you know, <laughs> this is <laughs> this nothing but facts, Mr. Lord. We don't we don't hold anything back on nothing but facts. Speak your mind. Speak your mind. You got the time. I had an employee, you know, a can of crap. Crab meat is $23, one can. I'd employ take a case out for 300 and something dollars. That was 300 and something dollars lost. I didn't find out until about a year later. I'd employ that we were, my manager came in the next morning and found, you know, a white to-go container, opened it up, and it was two crab cakes. She put in a, a group message and said, we don't sell crab cakes. Why are there two big massive crab cakes sitting in this this to go container? Hmm. She put in a group message. We need to know who did this. Nobody answered. Nobody answered. Two days passed, and I text. I say, if you guys don't tell me, I'm gonna roll the cameras back. So I went to work. Nobody answered. I went to. Work, I started rolling the cameras back. The person texted me and came forward and said, Yeah, I made them. Uh, I was gonna pay for them and take them home. I just forgot. What? That's it's that's something that's simple, but that, but that's a microcosm of what's going on. Right. That's a that's a microcosm of what's going on inside the building man. when I'm not there right now. So 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 long you control and so long you at the register, you making and producing, or maybe one other person is next to you, you're gonna make, keep all the profit. And you're gonna do well. The minute you expand, and you can't watch your place. Because you just think you not only have to watch watch the employees, you got to watch the watcher that you hired. Jesus Christ! And then you got to watch the watcher that's oh watching the watcher. I and if they ever get in cahoots with each other, look out. it's shame on you. Woo! It's shame on you. See that? So how? Okay, because I, I mean, you know, I, I started the little brass band and started this man. How do you not? How do you continue to have trust and hope in people? When you're when you're in business, because I mean, and I, I've got this advice, similar to this advice before, and it, and it kind of it just it just, I mean, I'm just going to be real. Personally, it just kind of destroyed me and my trust in people. Period. Because yeah. it seems like anytime money gets involved, especially with black folk, yeah. when money gets involved, and and we, we keep it real here on nothing but facts, it just integrity goes completely out oh, of yeah. the window. Yeah, and and that's right. It's so bad now. That I, I'm actually paranoid. Wow. I'm probably seeing things that's not even there anymore. Woo. Because I've been, it's happened so much, you don't even know if you're seeing what you're seeing. Wow. You walking in complaining and fussing, you don't even know if anything happened, but you, 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 just, you lose <laughs> sleep about it's it. It's like PTSD, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what, what do you do? So now I have to go back and I have to look at cameras every day and watch everybody movement. Man. Hours and hours of camera for that's you know, I go to my businesses now, not to run them, they run themselves. Everybody good at doing their job, they run themselves. I don't go to to, to work there for that. I go there to watch, make sure nobody's stealing. That's my only job. I have no other job in the building. They the cooks know how to cook. 
The service not to run the POS system, take the money, bring the food to the table, sell a drink. I mean, what, what, what am I doing there? I have no purpose there. Right. I'm only there for one reason. Just because when I'm there, they won't steal as much. Wow. I went to, every year I go to the uh, bar and nightclub convention in Las Vegas. And they, uh, and they had these seminars on uh, how to prevent employee death and all this kind of stuff. And I went to this one booth. That was had, they had this thing where you, when you pour the drink, it automatically ring up on the register. So if the, if the bartender decides they want to give their friend an extra shot, the, the register going to automatically click to a double. Wow. So you can't cheat it. Wow. One of the owners here who have the system said when he went to that system, he lost 25% of his customers. They just stopped coming. Wow. Because they could no longer give away free stuff. They no longer go over poor. His inventory was down by, by like thousands. Think about that. And as I got ready to walk away from the table uh, at the booth at the convention, and the guy was showing me all the numbers, t- telling me I'm losing about $8,000 a month in death. And he worked it all out and showed me how, why. And as I walked, got ready to walk, he said, remember, Mr. Ruffins, there's two type of uh, bartenders, ones that steal and ones that steal a lot. Whoa. That was his last parting words to me. Wow. So, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is to that. How do you hire a person with integrity? Either you have it or you don't. You can't teach it. Right. And everybody that come to the interview, they say all the best things, man. How wonderful they are, the places they worked, and everybody like them, and they're going to bring a crowd to your place because they were so well-liked. Why are you so well-liked? Hmm. Why, when, when, when you go to the club, only so-and-so can make you a drink? Because, you know, so-and-so going to give you a, <laughs> a triple <laughs> for the price of a single. Right. Why is so-and-so? She's not here to, oh, I don't want them to, I don't want them to make my drink. And then the bartender turned and said, well, no, they like the way I, I make it because it tastes so good. I say, how? <laughs> I say, you're putting alcohol, juice, and ice. How does your <laughs> drink taste so much better if you're using the same ingredients? Now, if you're making a pot of red beans, you, it's possible. Right. But if you use if rum, little, rum, yeah, rum, <laughs> rum, pineapple juice, Sprite or whatever. Right. So why your drink tastes so much better? <laughs> it got to be a reason why. Yeah. I only could think of one. I only could think of one. And they swear to this day, that's why everybody asks for them at the bar. So that's that industry. Right. Each industry is going to have their own unique problem. Yeah, absolutely. Food is the worst, the absolute worst. Because food, the problem is... In, Oh man, this this is a whole nother subject you probably have to do one day. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but you talk about the employees, but the customers, the real crazy customers, yeah, who come in all the twenty wings, eat eighteen, and the last one a little too crispy, so they want another twenty for free. Oh, and they start throwing plates. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's Think talk about, about it. If you could, if I wish. Some some of you guys could sit and just watch the customers. You would be like, you would feel so bad for black people. Like, man, this is this is us. This this us is 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 not pretty. It is not pretty. Right. And don't get me wrong, black businesses bear some of that fault too. We bear some of that fault. Yeah. We don't treat the customers right. Right. We don't act right towards them. We talk right. to them any kind of way, right. knowing we don't serve the white people like that. Right. Think talk about, about it. it. Talk. That, that knife cut both ways. That's facts. Because, and I'm not saying it don't. But, man, those customers. Oh, oh yeah. Think about it. 
I have we have served food at a table, literally a group of women at a table. One said, "There's too much salt." The other one said, "There's not enough salt," and they both want to send it back. <laughs> they eating the same thing. <laughs> Came so, out the same kitchen from yeah, the same yeah. cook. The problem is, cook with cooking, is left up to interpretation. Right. And everybody tastes buds are different. Correct. That's why, I hate food. I hate food because it's left up to interpretation. And, every, and let me tell you, they walk in there with those $2, and you better treat them like the queen, uh, king. You better kiss their, yeah, and you better be kind. And if you smirk, if they see one smirk on your face, they're going completely berserk. Yeah. And they want it all for free, all half off, yeah. and they want extra of everything. That's right. Give me That's a salad. I want, right. I want 20 extra ranch dressings. <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything you get. Oh, I have a T-shirt that I wear. Support, support black businesses without asking for a discount. Woo! Can we get one on the mic, y'all? Without asking for a discount. You would not believe. You won't go to McDonald's. Taco Bell. Okay, you might act a fool, but you're not gonna ask them for a discount. Mm-hmm. They gonna look whatever at you crazy. That, whatever, whatever, that whatever the price, price says, is, you paying that. That's you're correct. Paying it, and you are gonna smile and you are gonna be happy. Absolutely. <laughs> at at my place, I have to negotiate. When they see I'm there, I'm negotiating, negotiating with about forty percent of my employees, forty uh, percent of my customers. Mr. Ruffins, uh, you shouldn't be charging that much for this. You shouldn't be charging that much for Wayne. I could go over here and get it for this price. I could go over there and get it for that price. You know, right up the street is this price. <laughs> and sometimes I had I was doing a five dollar daiquiris for a while as a promotional tool. And when I stopped it, I the day I stopped it, I had eight customers that walked out. See, I'm not getting anything. I don't want. It. I said, "Well, we're doing free upsize." So in other words, whatever size you buy, I'm gonna give you the next size uh, and charge you. And change yeah. the same price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's that's not the same. I'm not coming here anymore. What? I had eight people walk out. Luckily, I'm glad one of the other customers spoke up and said, "Go try to find that somewhere else." They say some places do it, but they only do it once a week. Go get that five dollar daiquiri somewhere else. I dare you. And the cut. Another customer said, "Oh, they'll be back." I didn't want to say it. Right. But that's what I, I deal with on a microcom. Throwing customers throwing stuff at the waitresses. What? You know, just, I mean, oh, my goodness, the stories. <laughs> so, so. Got to love our people. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lord have mercy. When you're starting black businesses, you're serving black customers. I always try to treat us better than normal. Yeah. Not normal. I try to treat better. Right. My employees got on me so hard about me giving away everything and discounting everything. They say, you got to stop it. They, they literally told me, you're going to discount yourself out of business. Wow. And then so I stopped doing it. I, I have specials. I do all my specials, weekly specials. But if the business fail, let it fail. But I cannot give away stuff for free when all other businesses are charging irregular prices. Well, correct. And I have to discount almost 50%. And they still mad at me. And then they still want double plates and extra food and extra sauce and extra this I and extra that. Bro. On top of their discount, I can't do it. You can't keep a business open. Cause the 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 the, the, the small minded ignorant mentality is, oh, they, they, he got it. They yep. can afford it. Yep, yep. He a millionaire. <laughs> and let me tell you something. The first time, yeah, he a millionaire. <laughs> the first time, you tell them no. Know what they say? 
That's why black businesses don't succeed right there. What? Look how they treat us. That's unbelievable. You wouldn't believe how I hear that. That's why black businesses never never uh, succeed. No, it, it's, it's their mentality is the reason why black businesses don't succeed. But what's crazy about it is you'll go yep. downtown, and I ain't going to yep. name some other yep. establishments, yep. Razor yep. Cane, but you'll go downtown yep. to other <laughs> establishments, and you'll, and you'll go and you'll patronize them. Yep. And you, I mean, you'll, you'll give a free advertisement. Oh, they chicken so good. You'll check yep. in. You'll give yep. them great reviews. Yep. And then you'll come and you'll bash the very businesses yep. that you claim you love and support. I, I do uh, specials for lunch, uh, $10 specials. Somebody was like, $10 specials for lunch? That's expensive. Well, nobody going to spend no $10 special. It's supposed to be $5. I said, go get a combo meal at Raising Cane's. Tell me how much. Go get a combo meal at Kentucky. Three-piece combo. Right. Tell me what it rings up to. Hmm. We making you a hot plate of food from scratch. We don't have the warmers where you scoop out the stuff right. and put it on a plate. When you order it, we start making like our seafood nacho. They're putting in heavy whipping cream, putting it in a saucepan. They're dropping in three different kinds of cheeses in there. They're doing the shrimp. All of that is done fresh. Right. Right you, when you order it. Right when you order it. We don't have a pan of hot cheese just pouring over the nachos. So you go get that for lunch or you go to... Get a three-piece at Kentucky, and you're going to spend $10.80-something. I went to Wendy's, and I got the combo meal, medium size, and I got a chocolate chip cookie, $10 and something. I could have ate at a restaurant. That's what we, we served. You could come get a, a plate of ribs with mashed potatoes or whatever. You could get all that for the same price you're paying for Kentucky and all these other places. But some something in their mind. Ten dollars special. You want us to come in here for lunch? I could go to uh, whatever. They don't. It never clicked to them. They paying ten dollars per combo meal at fast food. At fast food, right? It don't click. I don't know why it don't, but it doesn't. Come sit down and have a pool plate, a high plate of food, right? A uh, 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 chicken pasta, seafood pasta. That, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's made on the order. It's made on the order. <laughs> and heaven forbid, we really mess up the food for real. Oh Lord, have let's mercy. say the cook get distracted and send something out bad. Oh, they got a. That's the hand they fan with that. Oh my goodness, <laughs> we got a. Uh, we got. I've been open almost two years in Baker. I think we got our second one star rating yesterday. What? A lady. Oh, I wish I could read it to you. She was living. I don't know how anybody eat here. I'll never come back here again. The only. I don't understand why they have so many four and five stars. They must be making food for their friends only. That's what wow. she posted yesterday. One star. I'll never come back again. Service horrible, food horrible. Why didn't you say I need to speak to the manager? Correct. I need to speak to, look, Mr. Ruffins, this is my plate. I don't know. We we did. We had a lot of tickets too. No excuse, but we had a lot of tickets. And a cook that worked by himself for the first time. They've been trained, but this is the first night by itself. Look at this. This is not right. This is overdone here. You know, I know you get busy sometimes to give them a little benefit of the doubt. Right. Now, if that manager turned nasty on you, okay, well, you're right. You, you, you go hard. But I could promise you if you come to our place, we're going to try to correct it. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You know, she was busy, but, you know, no excuse. Let me get this straight, straight for you. Let me fix. You didn't give me any opportunity to fix it. Instead, you left out with a bad plate of food. May have been bad, may not have. I'm less assuming that it was bad. Right. You left out with a bad place who didn't tell anybody, didn't do anything, and then went post how terrible. And we, and the only reason why we got all those stars is because we were selling food to our friends. What kind of person, personality man. you have to have to do that? That's what we deal with 
is black establishment. Right. And then they want it free. And, and it goes somebody who doesn't have, and you could tell clearly never have, never has been in business. Don't don't understand how business mm-hmm. operates. They just see it from a consumer aspect, yeah. and they really don't care. They don't. They don't. But w- what kills me again? These are the people who pretend they do, yeah. and they'll spread every yes. support black business yes. meme under yes. the side of, under this side of heaven, mm-hmm. and will expect people to actually you know take them at face value. Yeah, I support black businesses. Correct. But what you're really doing. So long is, you give me what what I want right. when I want it, and right. give it to me half price and free. I support you. And this, and in my opinion, this is why we stayed in slavery for so long. Yeah. And and I always say, and I, you know, I love uh, sociology and psychology. When I was at UNO, I used, it was my favorite two subjects. I always, I never did more research, but I always said, black people, we are really psychologically damaged. We are. That's very, correct. I mean, it's very bad too. It's it's much more deeper than we think. Yeah. I would love to reach deep down and try to figure out. I have a, a suspicion on why. But I would love to get some true hard facts, to, but because we are we are very defensive, yeah, very angry, very hostile, uh, and I'm talking in general. I'm not talking about every. I hate when people take a general statement that somebody make and say right. everybody not like that. We know everybody not like uh, that. Correct, correct. We know that. That's not what I'm saying. We are, we know that's not a hundred percent of the people. Right. I'm making general statements. Correct. Here. Uh, but we are very, you know, belligerent. Right. Very aggressive towards each other. Absolutely. And it just, I don't know where it stems from or where it comes from, but it, it's, it's not pretty. I believe Harvard uh, Medical Medical School did a study, if I'm not mistaken, and this is not the facts. Please check me on it. They did a study that says that uh, the trauma experienced from slavery can now, is, they're researching it, it says now encoded in the DNA of African Americans. Mm-hmm. a very controversial study. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, you're talking about now that we have some, like you said, psychological damage mm. that has been passed down, down from, generation. from generation to generation to generation. I definitely could agree with that. And that's it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's but it's it's factual, and this is this is what we deal with on a constant basis. So, mm. I said we're fighting a two front war, but we're really fighting a three front war. We're fighting the enemy who doesn't want to see us succeed. Mm-hmm. We're fighting our own people, and we're fighting ourselves. Yes. And all of that is constant juggling our hate nonstop. Unbelievable. Nonstop. Unbelievable. And, it, it, and that's what makes business so tough as a black business. It makes it extreme. You have to be three times as good. You really do. And you can't make any mistakes, hardly any, and still exist. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's extremely challenging. Once I opened up Baker 2, I mean, Ruffins 2 and Baker, uh, that's when I saw uh, the, the underbelly of what, what what people are as consumers. Now, don't get me wrong. All businesses have these challenges. Right. I'm not pretending like they don't. But since we're specifically talking about us, that's where I'm going to keep the focus. But it's 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 you know, working in the club industry and alcohol and nightclub. A lot of those people are a different type of people as it is. When you throw food into the mix, and you have drunk, it could be a <laughs> Yeah. It's a little more oh, difficult. I'm sure. I'm sure it goes to the next level. You know, because we was thinking, <laughs> about, we was thinking about opening uh, Baker Two at night, switching off all the decor machines, to cover up the alcohol, and turn it into a midnight brunch. So when you get out from the clubs and all of that, you can come and have like the full bacon, eggs, and the ham, and all that stuff, just like a waffle house, but only to be a big, heavy breakfast, not pork oh, chops yeah. and all of that. Yeah. But when we started talking about it, like, well. 
Remember, they coming from the club. Mm-hmm. They did. They have you lit? Have you have not, not have you seen any of the Waffle House videos? Yes, I saw. Them. Okay, and, and that's <laughs> you, why we're not you, doing you it. Show you about that life. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna have twice as much more security I'm for sure brunch than for the club. You better, man. You because better. <laughs> those A's come out running one time. Oh man! Ooh, let those oh, A's man. come out running when you drunk. <laughs> let that bacon on be crispy. Let that ham taste like turkey. <laughs> oh, you gonna learn today? This what we doing? Huh? We serving turkey ham? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna tear it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> here we go. So here we go. And I tell you, some owners, and I admire admire some of the owners. Uh, some of them are better at it than me. I have not dealt in that arena. Remember, I was a surgical sales rep. I sold to surgeons, spine surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, GYN, urology, NICU. I'm doing, I'm sitting there with gloves and gown on showing them how to use my surgical equipment. These people, even though they have their own issues, what I'm not going to get into, but these people are highly educated. Right. They treat each other with respect dignity for the most part and they talk extremely straight with you they let you explain yourself they, you know it's really higher echelon type mentalities right. not to say that these people are perfect right. but they're professionals right you're in the operating room you don't have time to have all this stuff going on when a patient life is in jeopardy yep. and they're on the table so right. everybody's about their business and everybody act accordingly so i did that for 15 years so I'm going doing knees and shoulders and hips and on and on and on, meeting with CEOs to, to build new hospitals that want to fill a whole hospital full of my equipment and stuff like that, giving uh, in-services in the morning to nurses on how to position patients for surgery because I was a positioning expert uh, for GYN and stuff like that. So I went from that to the person saying, why my wings are not right? And it's important but a lot of it's hard to negotiate with people that are really not interested in negotiating. They're interested in getting over. Yeah. And you don't understand that. So you're trying to make it right, and they're trying to figure out how to get something out of you. Mm-hmm. And, and when you don't have that mentality, it's very difficult to get into that gear. And like I said, it made me start to make me paranoid where – Everybody looks like they're doing something, yeah. and I hate that 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 is happening within me. Yeah, you know, it, it's tiring to say the least. I can imagine. Uh, but I would I would like to get back on the subject and maybe answer some more of your questions about. I don't know if I covered how to start your business yeah. and stuff like that. The permitting and all of those things to start your business. All you have to do is just go down to to the to the local uh, establishment. Uh, the, permit office and stuff like that yeah they'll hand walk you through all that so that's that stuff don't really need to be talked about once you start asking questions oh you go to here you go to that building on that floor here's the paperwork bring this back turn it so you can do that right to me the most important part is how to get the money that's the question right you need to know in order to start your own business because everybody have wonderful ideas but they can't get the capital they cannot uh so i hope the two ways we discussed the one was the military and one was uh, getting uh, student loans and stuff like that. I hope that helps because I believe it did help a lot of people. It's the only way I know how to get lump sums of money without doing anything illegal. Correct. Uh, 
so so and, and, we, and we we know uh Mr. Ruffin redlining um mm-hmm. that that had to happen 40 years ago is still mm-hmm. legally now happening today um just just not and and it's happening to me through 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 the three major um credit bureaus mm-hmm. in the US um it's it's something that I believe that you know as we gain a greater knowledge about credit, how to manage credit. Credit you know, is king. Okay, the credit is king. Um, but I believe that you know they they, they use it strategically against us. Um, yeah. A lot of us, uh, when we turn eighteen, our credit is already damaged um, because we had a light bill, we had a, mm-hmm. a, a loan or something like that in correct. our name, and we spend the next ten, twenty, thirty That's years correct. trying to fix that credit. And simultaneously, you know, trying to obtain a, a loan to yep. start businesses. So, um, like you said, either the military or a student loan or a tax re- through a tax refund. Um, and a lot Which of takes people, the discipline. Yeah, a lot of people think that that's free money. It's actually you, you, it's money yeah. that you pay in. Of course, there's some people that scheme the system. Yeah, yeah, we know yes, that. Yes. But for the majority of the people that who are out there working hard and stuff like that, reinvest your money that's not going to depreciate. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you have a chance of losing it, but at least you're taking the opportunity yep. uh, to capitalize on money that uh, that that that's yes. obviously yours. Yes. And it's you know it's it's something I generate money and and you know a lot of people when I, when I did lose everything back in the past I, I briefly mentioned that and I lost uh, my house in Coppermill and stuff like that uh, I had opportunity to go build it all again but what I did was I stayed in my apartment and I opened it up roughly two three and four I had opportunity to build that house again and the first thing came to my mind my mind was why would I buy something that I spend money on instead of opening up something that I make money on? Right. Now, the flip side of that is no guarantee that you're going to make money. But why not increase your income instead of spending more? Correct. You get a house, that's great. But now I'm dumping what my house note in, in Copper Mill was $4,400 a month. Ooh. That was my house note. So I'm dumping that right. er- every month into that. Right. Why not have a business that's going to generate $4,400 a month? Correct. And I, it just popped in my mind, and so I just started opening up one after another instead of building a big house like I had before, 23-foot-high ceilings, <sighs> and all of that instead of building all that, generate some income. I ain't going to lie. It sound nice. <laughs> it sounds sound nice, but you bet not slip one time. Right. You bet not lose that job. Right. The problem is with living large, it's easier to get there, but it's so difficult to maintain. Mm. It is. It became much more difficult to maintain than to get. You think you think it's a struggle getting it? You get it and try to keep it and watch what happens. I can hear my grandmother and big mama yelling at my ear. Trouble is easy to get into. Yeah, it is. It's hard to get out. <laughs> yes, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Mr. Ruffin, you put some stuff on my mind, man. My mind's rolling. I'm sure the people out there, their minds are rolling. Before we let you go, uh, tell us about what's 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 to come out of uh, out of Ruffins. Maybe Ruffins one, two, three. Maybe even Ruffins four in Port Allen, Louisiana. I'm just gonna throw that <laughs> out there. We need more black businesses in Port Allen, Louisiana. I'd love to see a Ruffins in Port Allen. And before I let you say that, I'm going to get I'm going to get really, really, really uh, slammed if I don't shout out the sponsors for today's show. We're sponsored by Mad Fresh. Mad Fresh. Give it up for Mad Fresh. They black owned business. In uh um well he's not in Port Allen Louisiana but Mad Fresh sponsored our show um he has a clothing line brother of mine who I grew up to school with Mission Much Success we thank you for your sponsorship brother and uh, 
uh, keep doing great things. But we sponsored by Mad Fresh today. Shop Mad Fresh. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook. And you can go to our website, nbfla.com, and there's a link to Mad Fresh. Go ahead, Mr. Ruffin. Uh, yeah, pretty much we're, we're still doing it at Ruffin's. We're, we're doing pretty decent. Uh, I am going to stay tuned because I am going to make some adjustments with my businesses. I'm looking at everything now. Uh, we opened up Ruffin's 4 in Denham. Uh, we did open that up. It's been o- it was open for about I say two or three months, uh, but we will have to close down uh, because of the health department would not give us a uh, permit because of the strip mall is actually uh, the sewage is not big enough to hold all the businesses. So the owner of the strip mall had to make a determination on whether to invest in a lot of money and do a whole another sewage system. Uh, basically, let me out the lease. Okay. So he decided to let me out the lease, so I'm going to be relocating from Denham. And stay tuned to where I'll be relocating to. Absolutely. Uh, Ruffins 1, of course, is downtown Daiquiri Lounge. Uh, we still have the bands on every Friday, live band, live uh, bands on Fridays. And then we have Ruffins 2 Baker, which is a restaurant, Daiquiri shop slash sports bar. Okay. It's a restaurant first. <coughs> Even though people think it's a Daiquiri shop, it's actually a restaurant with a full menu. We do a catering for all type of events, and we do events and everything else over there. Uh, and also Ruffins 3, which is the showroom. Okay. Uh, the showroom is actually uh, an event hall. It holds about 400 people uh, standing, and we could sit about 250, 300 sitting with, with chairs and tables. We do weddings and birthdays and graduation parties and Sweet 16 and anniversary uh, balls and all of that kind of stuff, and we are booking almost nonstop. Uh so if you, you could go on uh, on Facebook and you could su- uh, research Ruffins for the the showroom, uh, I wish I wish I could take the Ruffins name out of the thing because I, w- I like each one of them to have their own name. Yeah. Uh, one is downtown Daiquiri Lounge. Two is the clubhouse. We call uh, Baker. Two is the clubhouse. Okay. Ruffins three is the showroom, and Den- Denim was the hideaway. Uh, so we're gonna try to go to the more of the names because if people start getting confused well which reference is that is that this one no the comedy show is that that one no i think i'm at the wrong one gotcha so we're going to we probably going to start moving for, uh towards that uh far as me in the future i am going to probably when i really think about what i'm going to do i'll probably be going to other states okay uh, i'll probably be trying to get to the, the downtown areas of uh, other states the the main streets the bourbon streets of all the other cities right uh, so that's what I'm going to start uh, accumulating and, and saving and doing things for is to make that happen. Uh, I think uh, it's 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 uh it's extremely risky to put another one in this area. Yeah. With so many people trying to get in the industry and do the same things, it's it's extremely risky. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that. I want to I want to grow into something much larger. I'm going to attempt to do it. Uh, people have approached me to invest and to, and to uh, actually bring it to their cities. Uh, so I may be exploring that. You know, I, I, prefer, awesome. I prefer not to go into business with people if I can help it. Yeah. Uh, and this is what a, cl- a class I took in Las Vegas at the bar and nightclub convention. A uh, guy said that, look, uh, don't, don't go into business with anybody. Do it yourself if you, if you can. Yeah. He said the reason why. It's because if somebody lend you $10, they're going to walk up in there with 20 of their friends and say that I'm part owner Facts. and f- and feed all my friends and give them all free drinks. Yeah. They're going to tell everybody that they're part owner with a $10 loan. 
and think about it. If anything go wrong with your partner, he's going to go to that cash register and take money out and walk out to go pay his bills. Correct. Do you want to have that conversation with him or her? Mm. So if you have to do it with someone else, do it. But right. you better have a serious contract. Yeah. But it's best to do it by yourself so when it all falls apart, you could just be the only one that take the hit. Right. And remember what I said in the beginning, be okay with losing it all. It's it's all right. It's really all right. You'll be you're still gonna be alive. Yeah. You're still gonna be kicking, you still could get a job, you still could do things. It's okay to lose. Some people say win at all costs. I I don't believe in that. But remember I'm speaking as a fifty two year old man. Yeah. When I was in the lower night water in New Orleans I had a different mentality. Right. But now I see things more clearly and I see a bigger picture. And I'm I'm really okay with losing it all. It's it's really okay. So long as your kids are okay and everyone, you know, your loved ones are happy, that's all you can ask for today. Yeah. Running behind these, all these material things I, I bought, uh, I can't even remember what half of them are. Yeah. They lost, gone, stolen, whatever. I don't even remember. They gave me a, a minute of happiness. So, you know, if you're young and you want to chase that and that's your thing, go for it. But you're going to find out. Within it. Look, look, look. Just look at all these stars, with the exception of a few. The exception of a few. Look at all these people, the rise and falls of their businesses. Right. In their careers. That 80% of them rise and fall. Yeah. 80% of them. So I have an 80% likelihood of rising to what I am, then it all falls. You got to be okay with that. Yeah. If you think you're going to maintain, if you ever ran a race and you ran 100 yard day, if you think you think you're going to maintain that same speed from 2022 to 92, you're sadly mistaken. That's correct. You better get in your head. Be be prepared for that that dip. Yeah. They say life is like a roller coaster. You better be pre- prepared for that dip because it's going to dip. It's going to happen. I can promise you with 100% certainty it's going to dip. Gonna I happen. ain't never seen nothing that just rise, 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 and just rise and never stop. Right. There's no such thing. Jay-Z and, and Beyonce. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they they're the closest I see of you know making something. And I, I know there's other people, but you know you really, unless you're gonna build this big empire of McDonald's and Walmart, right? You better be prepared for that rise and fall because it's coming. That's right. And I'm okay with losing it all. It's not it's not it's not what defines me. Right. My my I, the shout out to Paige and Bryce, my son Bryce and my daughter. Paige. Shout out Paige and Bryce. They you know so long they happy they good. That's the most I could expect. Other than that, everything else is a bonus. Yeah. So that's all I have. That's some that's some that's some good knowledge. That's some good facts. Uh basic Mr. Lloyd Ruffin, the owner of three black establishments in the Baton Rouge area. He has been truly an inspiration. He let us know a lot of important things. Black people, listen up. Stop complaining. Stop stealing, man. I mean, come on, man. If we support black businesses, we got to stop complaining. We got to stop the stealing. Stop the nonsense. You know, Mr. Lloyd, he, he really laid down uh, a, a groundwork that, and he gave y'all some homework. Okay, so some of these young black entrepreneurs out there that are getting ready to open up some businesses, when you get that student loan, because you're going to be in debt anyway when you get out of college. You're going to be in debt anyway. When you get that student loan refund check, when you get that tax, that big IRS tax refund check, Investing in something that's not going to depreciate. Investing in something that is going to pay off, but get ready for the headache.
because that's coming. Am I right about that? You're right. <laughs> All right, Mr. Ruffin, man, I appreciate you. We Well, I would love to collab and do maybe do a live podcast. We're not going to go into too many details because they got some copycats in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> not going to call anybody oh, yeah. out. But I would love to do some collab, man, and, and, and get this thing, um, you know, um, um, spread out. Okay. You know, Sounds um, good. If that's cool with you. Sounds good. You, you always supported us, man. We're going to return the favor. You're a man of great integrity, somebody who I admire from a business aspect, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Maybe we can have you on a part two show where we talk about some of the things that we didn't get a chance oh, to discuss. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Mr. Lloyd Ruffin, everybody, give him a big round of applause at home for giving us a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom. Um, again, shouts out to Mad Fresh for sponsoring our show today. Shop Mad Fresh. Look him up on Instagram. Look him up on Twitter. Go ahead and visit Reference. Don't ask for a discount when you go up in there, pay full price, and leave a tip. This is your boy, Showtime Slim. Now I'm holding it over to my boy, DJ Hoop, Mike Jones on the ones and twos. Ladies and gentlemen, next week we're going to have Councilman Brandon Brown will be in the building live. Brandon Brown will be in the building live next next week, and we're going to be talking about some very important topics and what's going on in the city of Port Allen. And I hope all of you racist white folk are watching. This has been nothing but the facts. See you next time.